Welcome to Out of Game, a podcast featuring unique segments and discussions about board games, card games, RPGs, gamers, and gamer culture. Here are your hosts, Ryan, Chris, and Tim, as they go out of game. Welcome to episode 34 of Out of Game. This is Ryan. This is Chris. And this is Tim. And we are a podcast about board, board games. games. Still, think we'll ever change that? No. We will never change that. Never change it. No, it'll always be that. We don't In fact, wanna... we're going to be even more about board games. What if we're a podcast about The Bachelor? <laughs> well, a little Bachelor every now and then doesn't hurt. In fact, uh, I don't know if you guys heard. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, did, did the show finally end? Another story for another time. Oh, Do you really want me to answer that question? No, not really. <laughs> okay. I just saw someone from The Bachelor on American Ninja Warrior. Oh, and American Ninja Warrior is a better show? Yeah. Well, yeah, by far. Oh, my gosh. My God, come on. <laughs> it bothers me that they do that show at night. <laughs> Doesn't that, isn't that strange that it's dark? It's hot in the day. I don't yeah. care. It, it, them being hot isn't my problem. I think the that it's dark and I don't know. Maybe it's you know, so cheaper like to rent Hollywood no. at night. Uh, rent all of Hollywood. Ninjas, <laughs> ninjas don't attack during the day. So if you're doing American Ninja Warrior, it would have to be at night. That's true. Ugh, I don't like it. <laughs> Sorry. That, that makes me not like the show. So what we're going to talk about this episode, besides American Ninja Warrior and some other show that only Chris watches, is... Our table talk will be handling disparate personalities in your game group. Whoa, that's a word. It's a mouthful. Disparate? Yeah. Isn't it disparate? I don't know. When I did the pronunciation on Wikipedia, it said disparate. Let's not talk about pronunciations. (laughs) (laughs) But. So what's a synonym for disparate? Like um, unusual? Unique. Unique. Odd. Different. Challenging. Challenging personalities. Mm. Challenging personalities in gaming is a really interesting topic, and I think everybody's been affected by that. That's for sure. Well, <laughs> before we talk about all that, we should jump into this spawn point. Spawn point. So this spawn point is actually going to be about SauceCon 2017. What is SauceCon 2017? That's a good question, Chris. I'm glad you asked. So SauceCon, if you guys recall, some of our some of our uh, OG OGers will remember our Sauce Boss game selection method. So our group that we our game group is called the Sauce Bossers after Sauce Boss. If you don't know what we're talking about, just go back and find the episode called Sauce Boss and something else. Just look for Sauce Boss. Sauce Boss. Uh, so anyway, we created SauceCon, which was a gaming weekend in Wisconsin at Tim's. We're going to call it a cabin. It's really a house. His lakefront house. There you go. uh, In Wisconsin. And our whole game group pretty much got together, including some Mm out-of-staters. And uh, we had a three-day weekend of gaming. We alluded to this last time, and uh, SauceCon has passed. It was a lot of fun. So what what do we do at SauceCon? We nonstop games. We were up till, what, two, three, four. We were playing Cyclades. There was a legendary Cyclades game. It was just a great time. A lot of memories. I think we'll get to that. Yeah, with table talk, but there's a lot to talk about at the SauceCon. Yeah, so I had a uh, I, I I had some highlights and some lowlights from SauceCon. Low I don't know if lowlights is a word, but well, yeah. I know where your lowlights was probably not feeling the greatest. Yeah, that was definitely one. I was sick the whole time. It got progressively worse, and it wasn't just me. Like half the people there were sick. Yeah, that was not good. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if anyone else did. You get sick afterwards? No. I was wondering that because no. like you were one of the people that wasn't sick. I'm, ta- I'm looking at Chris. No, I was <laughs> not sick. I ended up being fine. Yeah, I made it through with no uh, no wounds. So so here are my three highlights. Number one was the house itself. Tim yeah. Tim has this amazing lake house that his dad built with his bare hands. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, and it was a great uh, venue for SauceCon. A lot of rooms. A lot of places to sleep and crash. A lot of food. A lot of tables. Yeah. It was great. Uh, number two was we had, you know, it was an epic Time Stories game. And we didn't even finish the game. But looking back on it, I actually think that was a really fun game. No, I enjoyed that the whole yeah. time. That was it, was it was a little bit frustrating, but it was still, I liked the genre, obviously, because it was the whole... Without getting into spoilers, what was the which one was it? It was the Prophecy of Dragons, so it's okay. a fantasy themed one. Is that number three? 
It's number, yeah, number three. Number three. So we still haven't finished it. We had to pause the game, which the game allows you to do. Um, but it was a lot of fun. It was a long. It was long though. I think it, we were playing for at least five hours. Uh, yeah, at least I think. And uh, we had to just stop because it was late, and we wanted to do other things. Uh, and then my number three favorite thing, and actually this is probably my number one favorite thing, was when we were playing Celestia, and I ejected Dave from the hot air balloon. <laughs> you did that multiple yeah. times. <laughs> There's only two cards that let you do it, and I did it to him twice. I got both the and cards. The funniest part about when you ejected him, there was no strategic nope. reason. <laughs> there was no reason. It was just because he was Dave. Yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> so those are my highlights. And the sickness was bad. Also, half of our group left early. That kind of bummed me out. Yeah. On Friday night, like half the people there just randomly decided to leave. No, Saturday night. Saturday night. Saturday night. Sorry, Saturday night. And it was supposed to be until Sunday. Yeah. Even like, uh, even our friend James like got an early flight. <laughs> he like changed his flight. That was how motivated he was to leave early. So I don't know what was. I have a feeling a lot of that had to do with the overall sickness factor and the fact that so many people were down. Yeah. And it was tiring, just like Gen Con or any of the cons where by day, the, the second, third day, everybody's kind of beat from lack of sleep plus the sickness. And I think that had a lot to do with it. But I agree that next time, We'll have to stick it out. Yeah. So we're talking about doing SauceCon Fall. All right. Yeah. Let's see if that if we're going to be able to make that happen. I like it. And then the last one, which we're going to get into more later, where there were some issues that arose, and came that, to light. That's the table talk. It's yeah. going to be all about the, uh, what was it? What was the word? But there's like Disparate. Disparate. Personalities. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that came to light. And uh, we're going to talk more about that later. But that's the reason that we came up with this topic because it was an interesting eye-opening weekend, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) It's not – everybody has their quirks, I think, is what we've learned. Yes, we have. And those quirks don't always mesh well together. No. (laughs) Some are in direct conflict with other quirks. Yep. So, SauceCon, do you have anything else to add about SauceCon? No, it was a great time, and uh, this definitely should become an annual, if not biannual event. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I think that's all for the spawn point. And before we get into our table talk, I want to announce the winner of our contest. Oh, contest. oh yeah. So, as you know, we had a contest for the game Coldwater Crown, compliments of Bellwether Games. This is their strategic fishing game. And the contest was basically to either like the Facebook page or provide us a name for our listener question segment. We're not going to announce that name this episode. We'll announce it the next listener question episode. But the winner of the contest, which was chosen randomly from all the entries... Is Kenny Owens. Kenny Owens, also known as K Ghetto. K Ghetto. K Ghetto. On Board Game Geek, you have won a brand new copy of Coldwater Crown, courtesy of Bellwether Games, and we will reach out to you for more information such as your address, so that we can ship you said game. Congratulations, K Ghetto. And thanks again to Bellwether Games for sponsoring our contest and for being dedicated listeners of the Out of Game Podcast. We appreciate you guys. All right, it's time to move into our table talk. Table talk. You're listening to Out of Game, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. No, really, they aren't pretending anymore. For other legitimate Dice Tower Network podcasts, go to Dicetowernetwork.com. Table talk. Oh, interesting table talk tonight. So we're talking about handling disparate personalities. That word is starting to bother me. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Got to redo that. Let's come up with a different word. Well, we already said it earlier. Okay, let's not say it again. All right. We said it an even amount of time, so we can stop. All right, we'll stop saying it. So in our game group, uh, it came to light during SauceCon that, you know, game groups have a lot of different personalities in them. They do. And when you spend multiple days in a row together nonstop, like sleeping in the same house and everything. Yep. Those issues come to light. It's kind of like that show, The Real World. Remember that show? I, I never watched it, but I do remember it. You know, after like the like the first week, everyone was like all nice to each other. And then after like the first week, like the real true personalities wait, came out. So wait, wait, wait. <laughs> the real world is okay to watch, but The Bachelor is not. 
I don't watch it anymore, but that's how it goes. But, but you used to. I watched it before. It's like the same thing. Ugh. Well, there's like, no, it's not. It's way worse. It's like Big Brother, but you don't vote people out. Big Brother's wasn't that good either. Big Brother's horrible. I never watched Big Brother, actually. I don't think you can <laughs> slam The Bachelor if you're... Chris, you can't defend The Bachelor. Yeah. The Bachelor's a great show. This is a losing They find argument. true love yeah. on that show. I mean, the thing is, you could argue that The Bachelor's good if you're a girl. <laughs> but defending it as a male... <laughs> Yeah, it's just not going to fly. You know what it's I think just, it is? I think Chris, he's vicariously living through The Bachelor. They have a, they have an over 60% success rate. Success rate in, in what? Marriage. Like they get married? Yeah. They get married or they stay married? Yeah. They get married. Whoops. <laughs> okay. So, and even, you know, 60%, that's 10% better than non-Bachelor. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great statistic. <laughs> That, that's it, just an anomaly. If you're just talking about them getting married, it's, it's, it's due to sample size. Their sample size is too small. If they had done like a hundred bachelors by now, then I guarantee that number is going to drop. There's really motion on this show. You know, one thing that's interesting about The Bachelor is the girls in the house. Sometimes when they live together for a long time, they they stop getting along. It's that's there's a lot of drama. Kind of like what happened at SauceCon. Oh, good segue. Oh, yeah. Students back. Master segue. <laughs> so Yeah, when you're in the same house for a while, a lot of the quirks come out. Yeah. So we just thought we'd talk about, you know, how do you handle this when your game group has um, a lot of different types of personalities? Well, you know, the interesting thing is I think our gaming group represents almost every quirk that there is on the quirk wheel. Okay. So in other words, when we talk about these quirks, which we will get to in a minute... I think a lot of our listeners will identify with having to deal with similar quirks in their game groups. Agreed. So I thought maybe we could go through the members of our game group and what their quirks are. Yeah. Oh, wait, you're you're going to call them out on Oh, yeah. They're going to oh, know man. anyways. This is only a minus one disadvantage, and you're calling everybody out. <laughs> All right. Who are we calling out first? Who's first? Who's first on the griddle? All right. We're going to start with James. 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 He came in all the way from California. California. guy. He flew all the way in. You know, James liked our game room so much that he actually moved back to Illinois just to join our game group. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason. I think so, too. I I don't think it had anything to do with work. Nothing at all. No, no. He wanted to play board games with us. So what is, so how many people were at SauceCon? Eight? Ten? No. Ten? We'll go with 10. I think it was nine. Nine. Okay. <laughs> because we have two people that are corkless. Oh. Yeah. Sarah and Imad. Yeah. I couldn't think of any. I know. They're like the perfect players. Imad's might be no, that no. He, he likes co-op games or he likes he's to troll people. Games. He likes to troll. He likes to troll. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's a troller. Well, I was going to say he also likes to con- control. No. Sarah's quirk is that she has no quirk. <laughs> She's like too normal. That's her quirk. <laughs> well, so she can sometimes bring out the worst in Chip. <laughs> really? Or no, it was James. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't the say cos- James. The famous Cosmic Encounter game. Yeah. That was 2017. We'll, we'll have to talk about that. Yeah. So James, I think James' quirk, though, his, his one is that we're, we're noticing James might be a slower player than some of the okay, others. Okay. So let's, let's think about the audience. So the audience doesn't know James. Yeah. So the important point is slow player. Does anybody out there, I'm sure people have experienced this, where you've got a player, their turn comes along, and it just kind of takes a long time. Yep. Trying to get that perfect move. The perfect, they want the perfect turn. And they're going to look at all the cards that are at their disposal, and they're going to look at their their board layout. What are they going to do? And I would say this is worse when the person doing it doesn't tend to win. It's even worse. Now, in James' case, he actually tends to win a lot of games. So, Well, what does make it worse? Is it worse if you're winning the game and you take a long time? Or is it worse if you're losing the game and you take a long time? I think time? it's worse if you're losing. It's worse if I'm in the game at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're doing that and losing, it's like, it's like you're wasting everyone's time. Yeah. But I think some people, and I'm being truthful here, would say it's worse if you're winning the game and okay. taking a long time because you're winning the game. So why are you overanalyzing? It it depends to the degree that you're winning the game. I mean, if you are pummeling everybody that you guys, you could take a buy on the next three rounds and still win the game, then yeah. But if it's it's close-knit, then it's a little more understandable. What justifies a slow turn? Is there any justification for it? If you are, if you're, maybe if you're like tight or you and someone else are in the That's the wrong answer. The answer (laughs) is... The answer is no. Nothing justifies a slow turn. (laughs) 
slow turns are never acceptable. <laughs> but we'll get to my quirks later. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. One of them might be coming out right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are none. So, yes. Oh, sorry, you were saying. I don't remember what I was saying. So, yeah, the slow turn, sometimes there is a justification, but I think the problem is if every turn becomes slow, or at least the majority of them, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was not in this game. Right. The infamous slow turn game. Tim and Ryan both were. Maybe you guys could talk about your thoughts and how you how did you handle it? So here's what I think happened. It James's lead in the game got progressively better, but I don't necessarily think it was because he was doing so well. I think it's because everyone else in the game disengaged from caring. So like Tim and Nathan literally would they wouldn't even stay in the room. They would leave the room. And then when we would yell at them when their turn came, and then neither of them would even think about their turn. They would just look, do an action, do their turn, and leave the room again. So because of that, you know, his league got better and better. And I think from from Jane's point of view, he's thinking that he's like destroying everyone and that his his slow turns are helping him make like the right decisions to do that. But I, I only think that was part of it. I think half of it was just the fact that no one was no one else was even like engaged in the game anymore. I think that was that's my observation. I stayed there and sat next to him the whole time. I didn't leave the room or anything. And don't uh, you think at that point though that you should just call the game? I mean if if you have people that are not having fun for whatever the reason and they're just kind of taking their turn quickly and they're checked out, that what's the point? You know, you could you could call the game and go on to another game. Yeah, we could have. Yeah, we well, probably yeah. should have. So probably psychologically, should've. what's the reason for not calling the game? Well, I, I think James would have to agree to call it. He'd have to be on board. Well, he's with not going to agree. Well, then it's not. I don't think it's fair to him for us to all quit. But you're basically giving up anyway by not really taking your turn. I mean, I was still taking my turn. It's just I did not want to sit at the table to watch James deliberate on his turn. So I just went back in and I started watching your guys game. Yeah. Um, because frankly, it was more interesting to be able to watch what you guys were doing. Cause you guys were playing time stories at the time. Right. So I, you know, having played that time story scenario, it was more interesting to me to see what you guys were doing yeah. versus what we did. And there was another court coming out in that game that we'll get to later. Yeah. And I want to jump in and defend James for a second here. I've, I've gained with James a lot. I, there's, I think it's something about this particular game that makes this turn slow. Because I've played a lot of other Euro games that are thought-invoking, and it's never been anything like that. Yeah, and he was in the Cyclades game, the infamous one. The yeah. late night one and he his turns were fine yeah so i think on average maybe his turns might be a little slower than others but it's usually not as noticeable as it was in this one game that we had yeah it could be just uh, that was we're playing that at night every you know it could be everyone was tired already but yeah it was everyone was just wanting to play and when you were sitting there for so long it was just much easier to check out so i want to jump down to chris one of chris's quirks that i have listed because Uh it's in direct conflict with this one here we go chris can't handle slow turns so when you're talking about a game group now how do you balance this so james is going to be joining our game group he's moved back to illinois so and it's not just james there's some other players might have slower turns too so what do you do now yeah so I don't know. I mean, this is a very good question because my quirk is in direct conflict. So in the Time Stories game, let's all let me just segue to this. We were dealing with my issue. And luckily, as part of our group, we had Sarah in there. And Sarah has experience with psychological issues with her job. So she helps children dealing with different (laughs) psychological issues and is able to communicate very effectively with them. And it was uh, Chip. Dave, Sarah, and myself were playing Time Stories, and we were playing, I think, the first one, right? The first story. And there was a lot toward the end. So in the first Time Stories, I'm not, no spoilers, but there, there's, there's a part of the game where you really have to do very complex puzzle solving. And yeah. there's a chance for major analysis paralysis toward the end of this game. And that was happening. And as that was happening, that's when I my hair starts to get torn out. Because the, because it's just taking so long for us to agree on what to do. I just wanted, let's just pick a direction. We're not going to get the perfect turn. And I was just, I was literally pacing around the room and I was bouncing. I was jumping. It just was, it was ugly. I was physically not with them at the table. I was just moving around. And Sarah began speaking to me. In a, in a t- I can't even explain what she did because <laughs> it was almost like magic. You know, why don't we... Why don't we let Chris figure out which location to go to next while the rest of us figure out what the overall strategy is? 
Chris, what what location do you think we should go to? And then the three of them would start talking. I would get engaged and look at the map, like, ooh, I have something to do. And I, I would be I would be engaged with this. And then by the time I figured out which location to go to, they would come back with an overall strategy which had nothing to do with that location. We didn't go to that location. But she kept occupying my mind with something to do, and it was strangely effective. Meanwhile, Nathan, Ryan, and Tim would randomly pop in venting about James and the other game and what was going on. And they were kind of engaged in our game, which ironically, I was struggling with the slow turns in in the Time Stories game. But back to Ryan's point, how do how does one deal with the slowness? And especially if there's a slow player. I actually took James aside and had a conversation with him about the slowness. And I don't know if he remembers this. Hopefully he's listening. But, you know, it was on the drive home and we were having a talk and he was, we were talking about his job and you know, it was a nice conversation, but I talked to him about the long turns and what, you know, some, sometimes it can be frustrating when, when you're waiting for somebody's turn and he, he would express, well, I had a lot of options on my turn. I want to make sure I did the right thing. And they didn't have as many options on their turn as I did. And I think he's referring to the factory cards maybe, or maybe the, it was the, the quest cards, the quest cards. Okay. Yeah. So the concept of taking the perfect turn versus just d- doing a good turn versus a perfect one and moving. And, the, you know, I think it comes on empathy. Empathy is another good word. Empathy is the ability to understand how your, your actions are affecting those around you. So you're empathetic toward other people. And if I'm taking a slow turn, that's good for me, but maybe three people getting up and leaving every time it's my turn is uh, maybe I might not do that next time. So I think the solution is just to have a conversation and talk about it, maybe set some, do some level setting. You know, we talked about the idea of having a timer and things like that. But I think if you just communicate and say, look, the game becomes no fun if it drags on and hopefully people being reasonable, they'll just fix it themselves. Now, what about the, I think the assumption the assumption and everything you just said is that the person taking the slow turns is the person that's in the wrong. Well, of course they are. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to look at both sides of it. There's, there's the person who's taking the slow turns and then there's the person who can't tolerate slow turns. True. And, and, and to your point in the time stories game, the three other people I was playing with had no problem with the over analysis. Right. So they were all enjoying the analysis. I was not enjoying it. So I'm clearly the oddball there. They liked it. I didn't. In your example, you had three people walking out of the room. Two. Well, yes. you, Tim, and Nathan at different times were coming out of that game. I would tend to think that you guys had a reason for that because there's not just one person that's checking out. You had three people. Or no, wait, were you were you leaving the room? No. Okay, so it was just Nathan and Tim. Yeah. Okay, because you were having some success in the game, I think. Well, I did. I felt bad that we were leaving the table too. Like, I don't. I don't think the right approach was to like abandon him in the game by himself. What is the right approach? Uh, we should have. We should have just kind of said something. I think. I don't. We were saying things out of annoyance more than just like trying to resolve the situation or just avoid just avoiding it. Like walking away, I think is a way of avoiding it. Nathan actually came in and blew up at one point, which Nathan never does. And he said he was going to quit if we kept, you know, I, I felt, I felt kind of bad that we were kind of coming down on him pretty hard during the game. Yeah. And I don't know. And he took it pretty well. He didn't, he didn't let it, he didn't let it get to him. Like how frustrated people, I don't know. I, I feel like we could have, we could have done something. So better probably the best resolving. solution is to just talk, like have an adult conversation. Yeah. We should have done that. Yeah. Instead yeah. Of, I agree. Yeah. I think that is the best solution. Even if it's not during the game, after the game, at some point, you can't fix the game anymore. So what can you fix? You can fix it moving forward. And you just have a nice conversation, just explain it, and hopefully changes happen. So next time that you and, and James are about to engage in a game together, I think we need to up front establish, okay, we need to all be aware that there's a potential problem. Right. <laughs> On the one right. hand, we have... Those who tend to think more in their turns. On the other hand, we have people who want to strangle those who tend to think more in their right. turns. So, well, in fairness, James and I did play in that Cyclades game, and it was the two of us that were sort of competing for the win in that game, and it was fine. Yeah, we really did. Neither of us really had a problem. I didn't have a problem with slowness. He wasn't playing slow. 
which goes to your point that maybe it was a one-off. Yeah. Maybe it's just a side yeah, but problem. I, but, <laughs> Whoa. I, but I think <laughs> the, the, the two games are different enough that Scythe lends itself to actually taking a longer turn because you are individually taking your turn, selecting what you're going to do, and then after you do your actions, how you're going to perform those actions and if you're going to do other actions. Whereas Cyclades, you're kind of all bidding and then you're taking your turn. The turns are much shorter even because it's like, okay. Well, that's one of the reasons Cyclades is number one and it's better than Sky than every other game. Yeah. It's because it's it's the perfect game. Yeah. It's it's almost impossible to take a long turn. Almost. Almost. I mean, the, the game mechanic is so good. There's not much you can overanalyze. I think if you were doing some attacking or something, that the turn could be long. Or trying to figure out how to stop someone from winning. That's when the turns tend to get long. Like if someone... There were definitely long turns in that game when we played it at my house. Where people trying to figure out what they could do to like stop someone from winning was when it came out the most. Because you have to do something. Like Arash was going to win... And like the game came to a grinding halt. But that's another reason that game is is great because while that was going on, everybody's engaged, even the person waiting. In Scythe, you've got everybody waiting to do their own thing, and the person who's taking a long time has nothing to do with my turn. Yeah, it's that game is siloed. And when we get to ro- roasting, if we ever, you know, um, that's going to come up. Yeah, it's, it's, you're a little bit, and you're everybody's in their own little. Uh, world in that game and in Cyclades it's more engaging part of the problem with Scythe too is some of the, your actions aren't interesting <laughs> like right. you know your next action is I'm just going to get two goods it's like you're waiting for 10 minutes yeah, just right. to do that one well, do you think <laughs> is part of the slow play the fact that the person is not thinking of their turn prior to their turn are they actually waiting for everyone to finish and then as soon as it's their turn they now begin to think about what they're going to do Sometimes, yeah. I don't think that's what was happening in our game, though. Because his turns were happening back-to-back, essentially. Yeah, right. Because he would finish a turn, we would take our turns. Or he would start his turn, we would all take our turns, then he would finish his previous turn and then start his next turn. But his his all most of his decision-making was those quest cards, because he got to choose... Two of three things but on there. Two of three. You're, yeah. It's basically, it should be even eliminate faster. one. Yeah. It should be even easier. <laughs> if you had to pick one, it would be harder. So okay. So I think we we've talked long enough about this conflict. Yes. Let's move on to the next one. So the next one I had on the list. We're we're going to talk about Chip now. Chip. Chip. So Loyal listener, by the way. Yeah, Chip and James. I think is probably listening too. So he maybe not after this episode. <laughs> no. No. You know, still a great guy. Love him. So <laughs> now you say it. Uh, Chip. So I think Chip's quirk is that Chip tends to like lighter games. That's really all I had. I don't know if you had anything to add to the it only. Chip. But Chip played. He played Stone Age. That's though. a light. That's a light game. You consider that a light game? Yeah. That's like a light Euro game. Really? That's like that's probably is like that's on the heavy end. I think of what I've seen Chip enjoy playing. He also played Time Stories. That's the that's rule. The rules are light yeah, though. But but don't forget he doesn't want to play another one. So yeah, he did it. He was going to drive out to play it. So I don't know if you remember like no. He's he, when I talked to him at the end of Sauce Boss Con, um, he pretty much said he wasn't interested in continuing. But then, but later, games. but remember later he was talking about driving his motorcycle up from Indiana all the way to your place to to play to play Time yeah. Stories oh, again. Uh, but I don't. I don't think time series is heavy. I'm. I'm talking about heavy as in like heavy rules, like um, like Caverna. I don't know if you remember the game of Caverna. He played with us, but it's ingrained. I yeah, it's like a, a constant uh, well, Dave issue. Well, Chip was in that game, and I don't know. I don't think he enjoyed the game. And it's. I don't think anybody enjoyed that game. <laughs> you didn't enjoy that game for different reasons. But don't you Chip, agree though. that we all didn't? I I enjoyed the game. I was okay with it. Yeah. You didn't. What? Have, Are you serious? You, well, you guys, I, I would play that game again. Yeah. easily. Did you enjoy that game though? You guys it didn't enjoy slow. the rules. It was, once again, it, it, it was a very slow game because nobody knew the rules except Ryan, and I didn't. And even Ryan know wasn't really up on them. You're so. explaining why the game wasn't enjoyable. It was, it was slow. But do you agree Please. it wasn't enjoyable? The game, game that game was not enjoyable, okay. but I would play it again because I think the game has the potential to be okay. very enjoyable. Fair enough. And Tim won. Oh, did of I? course, he yeah, did. Okay. you did. <laughs> Do a matrix on Caverna. I want to play Caverna again. I, I, I need to play it more than once no, in order to do any true. kind of matrix. That's a good Gen Con game. Now that we know the rules, maybe. Well, we well, haven't played in two years, so we probably need to brush up on those. Well, I'll make sure to do that beforehand. 
I remember the rules now, though. Actually, okay. All right. I'm Anyways, so a, so packing a noose. If you if you think of the games that Chip get, is passionate about, they they tend to be lighter games. Like Celestia yeah. uh, is a good example. Um, what was the other one that he? There's some other one that was real light that he showed us. I just I've just noticed that he he seems to like lighter games. I, I don't even know if this qualifies as. A quirk. Like, this isn't nearly as bad as my problem or James's problem. No, it's not. But we're going through the people in our game group, and there might be someone in your group that only likes That's to play true. lighter games. That's true. And yeah. you want to play, like, heavy, heavy heavier Euro. games. Yeah, and then... So it, it again comes to, like, how do you deal with that? So it's kind of a game taste issue. Yeah. Where you have a group of people, and maybe everybody is on board with one type of game, but then one person doesn't like that kind of game. Right. Right. So, and, and why don't we loop in Nathan, because it's kind of the same topic. Nathan hates social deduction games. Yes, he does. I can't blame him for that. <laughs> <laughs> so I hate them, though. Uh, his hate has grown. I'm, I'm borderline. I'm, yeah, but I'm you would play them, though. No, I would, depending on the game, yeah, I would play some. I mean, he would walk yeah, out. He, like he would yeah, leave. he will He's choose to go home night. rather than play. Yeah, whereas I would. Whereas play. you would play, and maybe you wouldn't have as much fun. Right. But you would still yeah, play. I agree. So, so again, these are personalities, not necessarily quirks, just personality differences. So, what do you do? What do you do in a game group when you have this kind of situation where some people only like to play certain types of games? Well, obviously, if you're lucky enough, like we are, that we've got a big enough group, like, you know, eight, 10 people showing up, you can divide off and do different games so you can play the games that they want to play. And yeah. people want to play heavier games can play heavier games. Another solution, I don't know if this always works, but you could try to make the game entertaining for yourself in other ways. For example, in a social deduction game, if you don't like those kind of games, maybe you could, uh, like, what's a good example? Like Spyfall. Although he, he was okay with Spyfall. That's like the one game he can yeah. play. You can sort of get into your role a little bit, and like he doesn't like the werewolf style resistance, um, even like Battlestar or Shadows Over Camelot. He likes Shadows, I think. I don't. I, he doesn't like the part where you're lying to your friends and it can cause arguments. Like oh, no, I thought that was more a mod that had that issue of the whole lying. No, this is Nathan's. This is Nathan's issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, so. So again, I mean, so let's say you don't have two groups, so like enough people for two games. I like I don't know. You're gonna have to get to a compromise where you're gonna play a style of game that the person likes, and that person's gonna agree to play another maybe heavier game that they typically wouldn't play. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to tit for tat. You're gonna have to trade off. Yeah, I think I think part of this is the people in the group have to be good sports. Yeah, like you can't be whining and moaning about playing a lighter game. You know, if that's not your style, you just kind of have to try to have fun regardless of what type of game you're playing. I think it would be easier to do if you just if it's a taste issue. In other words, if if somebody doesn't like the the uh, social deduction games, to just take one for the team every now and then. Yeah, that's not hard. But in Chip's case, if he doesn't like the heavier games for a good reason, Mm -hmm. like, for example, let's say that he was playing a heavier game and he it's just like the rules are annoying and he he just knows he's going to maybe uh, be slow with this turn and he doesn't want to be put in that situation, then yeah. I think that's a valid reason to just let him opt out and maybe play to have two, have two different games going on. Or So in, in, in Chip's defense, I've actually seen him just say, he's always been fine with, if, if we want to play a heavier game and he, he doesn't really interested, he, he'll just be like, you guys just play, I'll just watch. He's actually volunteered to do that before. Yeah, and I and I usually I don't want that to happen, so I'll just suggest something else because I don't think it's cool to. Yeah, like, I, I would have a problem with yeah, pers- you know, leaving Especially somebody out on purpose if it's for, long. Yeah, because yeah. usually if you're playing a heavier game, it's going to be gonna a be longer long. game, and yeah, you don't want someone sitting there for three hours waiting for you to finish. What about the idea of like ha- having them like like maybe he sits out, but he kind of helps someone? Like that's dumb. You think that's dumb? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, what's he going to do? Co-player. Yeah, like like I suck at games, so he could sit next to me, and maybe the two of us combined could do well. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting. It, I mean, it would keep him engaged, and you know, it, it was interesting. And we, the we other did, dude that once we had a dual ghost yeah. mysterium, yeah, and that worked well. There's another advantage to that too, because the problem could just be like it, maybe he doesn't catch on to rules well, but if he's sitting there with someone through an entire game. He would learn the game as the game progressed. And then the next time he might be willing to play it. 
That's not that's not a bad idea. It's, it's definitely better than him sitting there watching. Right. You know, it allows him to participate on some level. And yeah, like Ryan said, maybe he learns the rules better and maybe it's something he actually decides he likes. I'm still surprised that you consider Stone Age a light game. It's very light. Well, there's a lot of different ways to win that game. I mean, it's it's like really basic worker placement. Yeah, but I I don't know. For me, light games are like code names. Oh no, I'm it's talking about fun. light strategy games. Like it's a strategy game that's like on the lighter end of the strategy games. Yeah. Like, like Stratego. Like if you can, yeah. Actually, <laughs> I knew you were joking. Uh, but you, like if you compare Stone Age to. Uh, I don't know, Agricola or Kalis or like other games like that. It's much lighter than those. Yeah, true. I mean, it might be medium, light to medium. But okay. It's lighter on the lighter end. So next on my list is uh, Chris Johnson, another loyal listener. Chris Johnson. Something I noticed about Chris Johnson is Chris Johnson hates with a passion rules explanations. Yeah, it kind of feeds into Chris's, you know, slow turn thing, but it's the, the slow game start because of hearing all the rules. Yeah. Like Chris is Chris Johnson is the one that'll be like, I don't want to. Let's just start. Let's just play. And you're like, well, in and like in my mind, as the person wanting to teach the game, I know that you can't just wing it. Like you have to understand the rules, or you can't play. But he just can't. He couldn't tolerate it. And sometimes he would even be at the point where you would just get halfway through the game through the rules explanation and be like, this game's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I remember this distinctly once. He was like, this is the stupidest game ever. Yeah. And then we finally got through the rules and we played. He's like, this game is cool. <laughs> so, you know, that's a, that's an interesting one. So I think that's in direct conflict maybe to my quirk, which is I like to play new games. So new. This, this is an easy solve, though. Okay. You're going to sit down. So the four of us are going to play. Chris J, go take a bathroom break. Go get yourself some uh, Cheetos and a drink. Ryan's going to explain the rules and we're going to sit down and then we're going to start playing and he's just going to pick it up on the fly. I <laughs> you mean, think he could pick he, it up on the fly? I think a lot of the games aren't, aren't horrible that if you, if you purposely put him in last position, he watched three turns before his turn. A lot of them he can get caught on too easily. Okay. So I have a better solution because I've been in his situation. So I would just suggest that he get his phone out and play a game on his phone while you're explaining the rules. But it's would he hear thing. the rules though? No, it's the same thing. Yeah, what's the difference? What's the difference? I just well, because the he's still there. Okay. Well, so, so I've done similar things, and I can still hear. Right. I don't and, know if he yeah. can do the multitasking. Is this to make Ryan feel better because he's here while he's explaining yes. the rules? Versus- well, I, Ryan will get upset if you start checking out during his rules explanation because he's trying to teach. And if people don't listen, it's like a lack of respect. So he's got the bad student quirk. <laughs> he can't take bad students. Yeah. I only like good students. That's true. <laughs> Chris would be getting the paddle. Oh, yeah, but, but that's why I always pretend to listen. I mean, listen. <laughs> so I have to tell a funny side story here. The last time we played Scythe, I, I delegated out the rules. Oh, my God. So, oh, my God. Yeah. It's... So I have this problem at being the person who teaches rules that during gameplay, everyone's constantly asking me questions about the rules and I can't focus on my strategy. It's like constantly being interrupted. So I delegated it out to Chris. Yeah. And it was really hard for me because people would ask him a question and he wouldn't even look, he refused to look at the rule book and he would just say whatever he thought. And he'd be like, yeah, I'm going with that. <laughs> and I knew it was wrong. And do you know how annoying it was that I looked over and I saw in your eyes, you knew the answer and you were just refusing to give it. So I had to pick up the rule yep. book and go look it up. I was right a lot. You were right about 75% of yeah. the time. And Tim, Tim filled the gaps by yeah. looking in the rules. Yeah. But I had to do that because I knew if I started jumping in, then everyone would just start coming to me again. Yep. Was the game more fun because of Yeah, that? and I did better. I actually... There's uh something to that. Yeah, I did better. It, I mean, it's, it's I annoying. I did horrible. Maybe there's something to this. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, when you're trying that to... find like <laughs> And I'm making up the rules. I, I made a deal with Heather in that game that... We made a deal in the game. Part of the deal was that she was allowed to ask me rules questions. Oh, yeah, that's right. So she was asking yeah. me questions, and I was answering her questions, but I wouldn't answer anyone else. Didn't she backstab you, though? Yeah, she did. <laughs> she didn't She didn't go through on our deal. It's a topic. She used your rules and then didn't follow through. Right. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so the person who likes to play new games would be in direct conflict with the person who hates rules explanations. Oh, my God, yeah. So what do you do? What do you do in this situation? I, I still think that he should get out a, a game on his phone and... Do something that occupies brain while you're explaining the game. So you just you're basically just allowing the person who doesn't like the rules explanations not to listen. 
Yes. Won't they're that be, they're, 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 they're going to suffer in the game due to not knowing all the rules. Well, I think everyone's going to suffer. What's the difference between if he did that and if he complains about the rules taking too long? See, I, I, if he understands the rules, that's better. For, so for me, as a person teaching, the person who didn't pay attention now, I have to babysit them the whole game because they didn't they couldn't pay attention for 10 minutes at well, the beginning. Well, that's not fair either. He shouldn't be able to not listen but then ask you questions later. So so that would be part of the deal then. That would have to be part but of the deal. But that's going to screw up the whole game then. Well, of I course think, it I think would. I think part of part of it though is getting getting a dump on rules. Some of it's data in data out. He's not retaining it anyways. Right. Where so if if he if we start the game and as we get to the different phases of the game, that phase gets explained. It's much easier to be absorbed that way. So it's not like here's start to end everything, and then you get to the uh, I don't remember was phase three again. Whereas if you did it as you went on a turn, then it'll keep them engaged because it's during the turn, and then it, more likely that everybody's going to remember the rule. I think it's on the person explaining the rules to only explain the necessary rules. So that that's on the on like me, for example. So I agree with that. Like don't don't dump the whole thing on someone when they don't need to know it all right then. Correct. You know, when rules certain things come up, then you can bring them up. But there's some games where that's not possible. Like, for example, Kalis. You have to understand everything you can do in Kalis before you start the game. You have to understand how important it is to to build help build the castle. You have to understand why you need buildings, like what you're you have to understand the goals of the game. Here's yeah, the but thing, that's though. a very quick dump versus all the intricacies of picking and and beating this out and beating that out. Yeah. I mean, some of that can be learned on the way. Maybe you yeah. don't have a perfect game your first game because of that, but for for someone like Chris, it's easier he'd rather have an average game and save that learning pain. Cause then if he likes the game, He'll he'll learn the rules. If he hates the game, he's going to dump the rules out of his head. Yeah, and I'm the same way. I'm similar in the sense that I need to play the game. I can't really have it taught to me. But you're right. You need to know some things about the game. But Kalos is a perfect example. I really didn't understand how that game worked until I started playing it. And that's always how it is with me, which is why I'm usually not that good on the first game. And I think uh, Chris Johnson's the same way, where he's a hands-on learner like me, where you, you need to, to actually do it. Yeah. To learn it. But I think if the rules explanation is coming out quickly and maybe nobody interrupts or like checks out so things have to be repeated, then I think that's the best way to go. Well, you're going to have repeats of the rules just due to the fact that you're going to try to give a summarized set. So you're going to throw it out there really quick and then there'll be questions during the game. I mean, I don't know that there's any way to avoid that. Right. True. Okay. So moving down the list, I think, uh, Chris, you had a couple more. Oh, yeah. Well, so did we talk about your quirks? Uh, well, we talked about one of them, which was liking the new games. What are some other ones that I have? Well, we kind of covered this already, too. But when Ryan is explaining a game, he has a tendency to take it personally. If people don't enjoy the game and if they don't <laughs> listen to the rules. Yes. And it's almost like if he's put, if somebody is putting on a show, they feel responsible that the show is successful. Yeah, that's We're, very true. Yeah. And you didn't invent the game. It's not your fault if people don't like it. But you take it very personally, yeah. especially when it's a game that he really liked, and then he brings it, and the group's kind of like, eh. Yeah, that's he a- really it really affects him adversely. Because I feel like it's my fault that you didn't like it. Like, like because of me, you missed something. That's, that's what are some I- examples of games like that? Uh, well, I don't think you guys remember this game, but Spirium. Oh, I remember that. That's the the same designer as Kalis, which is a game that we played over and over and loved. And then I brought Spirium, and there's I loved that game, and no one else liked it, and I feel like it, somehow it's my fault. I'm blank. I don't even. I remember there was an issue where you buy things with money. Yep. And what other people bought with money directly affected what you could do on your turn. Yeah. And that added a random element. So Tim, Spirium was it. a game that had like little green gems that you were trying to mine, and then you got cards that gave you like special powers. And there's a grid. It's actually, I've only played it. The last time I played it was when we played it. <laughs> because, Did it ruin it for you too? No, I want to play it, but I can't bring it to our group. Hmm. So it's it's in the queue of games to play after I finish the magic number. Magic number is at 10, by the way. Whoa. 10? Almost in single digits. Whoa. Forgot to mention that earlier. It's still probably closer to three digits than one digit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going up. But but anyways, that that's an example. Caverna is an example. I, I personally think it was my fault that you did not enjoy Caverna because I spent an hour learning the rules 
while you guys sat there, and I think that just, that was the biggest. Problem it set for the sure. tone for the whole game. Yeah, I would agree with that. You were like you were so frustrated and checked out when we even by before we even made the first it was turn. The slow turns though. But I think if we didn't have the hour wait before that, you you probably could have handled the slow turns better. Well, and if we knew the rules, if Ryan knew the rules better too, when people asked a question, it wouldn't always be like, uh, I don't know, right. look it up. I think it's partly justified for me to take it personally. And I'm not taking it personally like I think you guys, like you guys didn't thought, did anything wrong. It's that I didn't do something right. Like it's my <laughs> fault it's not, you didn't enjoy your the experience. Fault, like you having to know the rules isn't you don't I, owe that to us. Though. I could have spent more time learning the rules. If it, I feel like it's my obligation if I'm the one pushing a new game on everyone. So everyone's opting to play my new game instead of a game that we know. I feel like I'm obligated to know how to teach that game well and quickly, and we can get into it, and I understand it, and it can answer the rules, etc. I feel like that's my responsibility if I'm the one pushing games. I don't know. I, it's hard to argue that. I think. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think Caverna was because I didn't know the rules. That's why it was a problem. Now, it would be different if I taught the game well and you guys just didn't like it. Like that happened with Dead Last. I remember I taught the game Dead Last to everyone. I thought it was going to be a great game. I had never actually even played it before. And I think everyone else thought it, it sounded fun when yeah. I explained it. Because mm-hmm. I, I remember I explained it well. Chris Johnson's like, have you played this before? Like he was like, he was like, wow, you taught that. I remember that was like the one time he was like complimenting me on my rules explanation. Yeah. I think it was that game, but, but no one liked the game. Right. <laughs> it, just, it, it was a dud. That's yeah. not definitely not your fault. Yeah. And I, that yeah. one I didn't take no. personally. Yeah. Right. It was just, it, the game just didn't work for right. us. It so, just didn't work. Well, it's working for other people. Yeah. Not, not really. <laughs> not, not in this group for sure. <laughs> Do I have any more quirks? Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. Long list. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I think that the OCD factor comes into play sometimes, but not to the point that it affects gaming negatively. Right. I, I think we've pretty much covered your quirks. Okay. Does Chris have any more? I feel like we we, we kind of had a short list for Chris there. For Chris? So, I don't know. He's, he's, he's got the slow... It, that's mostly his thing is he checks out. And when he checks out, it's a question of how deeply he's checked out. Yeah. Whether he goes to his phone... Or he starts side conversations, or that's probably the worst thing is if he if he's so checked out that he starts talking to the people that are playing a different game somewhere else, then that, that's when it's really bad. Yeah, you have to. You definitely have varying levels of checked out. Well, the other thing I tend to do sometimes is I will do things to make the game fun for myself, which sometimes hurts other people's enjoyment of the game. Right. You know, like I'll be doing play by plays of what everybody's doing in in a very colorful way, you know, just sort of immersing myself in the theme to the point of storytelling because it keeps me entertained. And sometimes that bothers people. What's Tim's quirk? Oh, Tim has a quirk. Oh yeah. I got a quirk. Tim's quirk is that he will whine about a game and then win. (laughs) So I'll be complaining, complaining, you know, I'm just like such a hard luck case. And before you know it, we add up all the victory points and Tim is winning the game. It's like, wait a minute, what just happened? There was one time in the last game we were playing where I was thinking about should I attack you, and I felt bad for attacking you. And you were like, no, I, I don't care. I'm, I'm just, I'm just gonna play all my cards. I don't care. And you, 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 you were ready to to battle me to the death just because you didn't want to fight. You had nothing to lose in the game. And I was like, all right, I'm just gonna do something else. So I went and did something else. And you had a higher score than I did at the end of the well, game. Well, actually, I don't know how because I, I, you're talking about the last side. Of the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I honestly have no idea how. I But you were really scored. upset. I was, I was, I was checked out of that game too. It was just, it was. I think you came in second. No, I think I was third. No. Third out of six, I think. I think you were second. I think it was a Ross and then you. Yeah. Ross is amazing at that game. Well, the the only, I think the only reason I did is because after I got to that point, all I started concentrating on was popularity. And I was just trying to get my popularity up because there's really nothing else I could do in the game. So, yeah. But that is a quirk. Yeah, that is a quirk. No, I, 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 the Lords of Waterdeep was that. another game I remember where this happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what we were doing. Because we were going after him. What's yeah. the card in Lords of Waterdeep oh, where you, yeah. you make them you do You give them quest. the mandatory quest, yeah. You were getting a lot of mandatory <laughs> yes, quests. Yes, I was, yeah. And you were, you, you know, because we were going after you and... You you were just you're, it's, it's, you're it's so annoyed. That's frustrating. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean you're really vocal about yeah, what you thought about that move, <laughs> and then and then you won the game. Yeah, you still won. Uh, I, I think part of it too is I don't I don't realize that I'm where I'm at. I guess so when it's like every everyone's coming at me and I'm I'm so focused on just trying to stab off the bleeding that I'm not really focused on where I'm at in the game. So I think this part of it is just like, I just like, okay, I just dealt with that. Oh, now Ryan does it to me. Nope. 
got done with that. Oh, now you did it to me. It's like, it just doesn't add up. I'm just taking the punishment as it's coming and not really focusing on the end. So wouldn't it be nice if you weren't even focusing on the game <laughs> and you still won? That, that must be, be nice. that must be nice. To- <laughs> That's, yeah, that would be a nice. I apologize for my vocalness. <laughs> but then, you know, at the end, though, I, I mean, even if I lose those games, once the game's over, it's, it's done. I don't, I don't know. Right. Which brings me to another quirk out there is it's the elephant. It's the person who doesn't forget what happened in a previous game and brings it on to the next games. Ooh. Yeah. So this is one of those we have cross that? games. I don't think we have anybody in our group that has done it yet. Like um, a grudge? Yeah. So like if uh if we're playing and I make a deal with you and then three turns later I break the deal, you're not gonna be like three games later. Oh, uh, oh okay. Yes. So you're talking about the James uh, oh wait, were you there for that when um Aras almost broke the deal with James and James declared that he would be forever be his enemy? <laughs> I was oh, I was watching deal. that game. That was the end of your Cyclades game. Uh wasn't no. it? No, it was a Cyclades game. Oh. Oh, that one. Different yeah. game, though. Yeah. I must not have been there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, and, and we should cover this topic on a different episode. Yeah. But the, basically, the issue is if you make a deal with somebody and it's some sort of alliance in a game that allows that, you don't attack me, I don't attack you. Um, if you want to break the deal, give me a one turn warning. And then two turns later, somebody breaks a deal with no warning. Is that okay? Yeah, that's definitely a good topic. Yeah, because I don't think we're going to agree on that. We'll save that for a future episode. Yes. I, like this. I think oh, that came up as a listener question, even. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good one. So, and we did forget Dave too. Dave is a quirk. Oh yeah, well, we still haven't finished the elephant thing. I mean, at this point, is it okay to do that? I think there are times it's okay to do that. I, I almost uh, most of the time, I think when the game's over, the game's over, and it <laughs> should be silent. Now, obviously, if this is Sometimes a competitive gets- thing where it happens multiple times, then you know I can see that becoming a cross game thing where the same person has made a deal and busted it with me three times in a row in three separate games. Then yeah, the fourth game, yeah, I'm gonna start holding that grudge over. But that one game, that one instance, by doing that betrayal, they won the game. Okay, good job. I'm done. I'm not going to hold a grudge against you. Sometimes it's not a grudge. And I'll give you an example. Okay. In games that Nathan and I are playing together, if there's an attacking element, he will always attack me 100% of the time. If Sarah is playing, he'll never attack her. And so in future games that I play with Nathan, I will always try to attack him first or else Uh, put up defenses or, or take a measure because I know that he's going to attack me. Well, then that's not... But that is bringing yeah. stuff from previous games where he'll just randomly... If he if he needs to randomly go after somebody, it'll be me. And so I'm going to preemptively do that so that... I, I know that's going to happen. It's like a certainty. <laughs> so And it's not a grudge so much as... No, that's taking, he's not breaking a rule. Yeah, I mean, he's taking allowed previous to knowledge and yeah, kind yeah. of defending the, the other one would be if something gets personal in a game... And then you carry that forward. That's unfortunate, but sometimes it's hard to get over it. And like the breaking of the deal thing, or if you have a gentleman's agreement and then you break that agreement or the infamous Battlestar game where <laughs> we, we would have to like get over that first. Yeah. Well, yeah. Before like you can't just pretend that didn't happen. No, no, it definitely needs to be addressed. But then, yeah, <laughs> you definitely have to get past it. What's otherwise. the podcast number if people want to listen to that? Do you, do you know um, I don't know the number, but it's the one that's called All Things Negative. All Things Negative. Yeah. Great episode. If somebody want, if you're a new listener, go back and listen to the All Things Negative. We talk about the infamous Battlestar Galactica game. Yep. Game that almost ended our game group. Yeah. <laughs> so close. <laughs> Cylons. So there's two things I want to talk about. I want to talk about Dave's quirks, and then we haven't talked about the Cosmic Encounter game. Oh. We need to wrap this up. So oh. it's, okay. well, Dave's quirks are, number one is... Uh, Always leaving at the end of the game and never picking his stuff up. Yes, yeah. Dave does He's, not put away the game. He does not put away anything. Yep. He no. decides that's the time to go get a beer, go to the bathroom, <laughs> maybe leave for the night. Yep. <laughs> the, other, the other night he left, he's like, uh, you, you guys, there's a lot of you guys. It's not going to take you long to clean up. And he's left. <laughs> yes. Classic Dave. But Chris has another one for Dave that I think is a good one. The, Dave also has a quirk where he will quit a game. Yeah. If he's not having fun, and he'll be the first one to admit this, if he's checked out of the game, if he feels he's out, he do, he won't play. And sometimes when he leaves the game, it will affect the game it, for the rest of us. It almost always does. Well, yes. Almost always. Almost always, yeah, yeah. That's fair. So 
but he he just he'll be the first one to admit he does not doesn't want to play. Yeah, he did this um in Food Chain Magnate at Gen Con. He did it in our last scythe game that we just played. And there are, like- there are other times he's come close to doing it that we don't know. And he's told me he's like, I barely stayed around for that game. Yeah, because he would rather be doing anything else. Jay, yeah, and I think part of that maybe is that I don't think Dave is as into board games as we are. So it it's like I don't think that's true. Really, I, he he really enjoys a lot of these games. You know he. He buys a lot. It's true. He has. He he he'll love he he's very rarely critical of of a game that's new that he's introduced to. Even the stupid ones that we've played, like that Sushi Go game. He was okay with that. <laughs> he just slammed Sushi Go. <laughs> Isn't that normally? Let's start a poll on our guild. Is Sushi Go a stupid game? Oh, I think Chris is gonna lose. That's on gonna that be one. unanimously. Why don't you why don't you go post that out on our guild and see see uh, what okay. response you get? But people that don't like it, you have to show up. Sometimes people will be more adamant, prove me wrong, and they'll show it's up. That's true. It's true. My supporters, if there are any. So new thread, <laughs> sushi, go away. <laughs> yeah, very good. So those are Dave's. There's probably more for Dave. But I want to get into this Cosmic Encounter game because I wasn't there. So I don't I don't even know the whole story. Okay, so uh, this was the very last SauceCon game for a lot of us. So yeah. we Ever? No, no, no. It was it was it <laughs> so was it the last one for the con, meaning we were all a little drained yeah. going into this game. It was myself, Chip, James, and Sarah. This was while we were playing time stories. Yes. In the other room. Okay. Oh my gosh. So Sarah explained the rules. She knew the game well. She's a big fan of the game. I like this game too. I think it's it's probably in my top ten. It's it's a it's it's one of those games you can play with a lot of people and it's got a lot of good mechanics. Uh, we'll get to more on Cosmic Encounter next episode. I have some some things to say about it. But for now, for the purpose of this, so we're playing the game. Uh, James and Chip were questioning a lot of the rules. And Sarah was trying to explain the rules. And she was not losing her patience. She was doing her best to do it. And she eventually drew the card that allows you to cheat. I think it's, it's called the Filch. The Filch. And it's a controversial card. There's actually... I read that there's erratas for this. There is. Yeah. So Sarah draws this card and nobody knows she has it. It gives her the right to cheat. You can go and take more cards from the deck. You can discard cards that you have. You can rearrange pieces. Ryan has had this card. Yeah, it's a great card. It's It's a lot of fun. James and Chip were new to the game. And so to them, they don't really understand the concept of being allowed to cheat. I mean, that's a very strange thing, but I think it's, it's good for the game. It makes the game fun. So Sarah was caught. Yeah. And the rule, there's a rule with this card that if you're caught, do you, do you remember? Well, you, you have to, you have to reveal, reveal that, that it was because of a card you were cheating. And then it lets you put the deck closer. It says you can put it closer to you. So it's easier right. for you to do it. Right. Because what happens is when people know that you have the card, they're going to be watching you. And so you have, no chance to cheat because everybody knows you have it. So the card lets you put the deck closer. So she put the deck in front of herself. It wasn't just, clo- it was like in her area. Yeah. And James didn't like that. He didn't feel that it was fair that the deck was so close to her. And so he raised a complaint that I don't think you should be able to do that. And Sarah said, it says I can move the deck closer. We just took like a quick round table poll. I was fine with her. moving. I think I came deck. in at this point too. And they asked me and, and I know that the, just the spirit of that game is it's supposed to be ridiculous. Yes. So uh, that was what I ruled. So I'm like, you no, broke she, the tie. It was yeah. James and Chip both voted that it was not fair. I voted it was fair. Sarah voted it was fair. Ryan breaks the tie and said it's fair for her to do this. That wasn't good enough, though. <laughs> okay. I didn't and know this so part. <laughs> he, no, he, he, he wasn't okay with her doing it. So what he did, he put his hand over the deck. <laughs> and he said, there's no rule against me putting my hand over the deck. Okay. And Sarah was like, that's ridiculous to, to do, <laughs> to put your hand over it. And James said, well, I can't watch you every minute. Yeah. And I, I just said, I don't think putting your hand over the deck is in the spirit of the rules. Uh, you know, we just have to make sure that if she takes cards, we have to, if we catch her doing it, she has to put them back. And I think there's another penalty. I don't remember what the, yeah. anyway, he, his, point was it was too difficult to constantly monitor her. yeah. hers was you know i have the card all you have to do is watch me but he he put his hand over the deck because he didn't like your ruling <laughs> yeah. well any magic judge would call that help so oh, yeah that's help yeah, you can't so have help you can't have help yeah 
So she she didn't think that that was fair for him to do, and it turned into like an argument. And James and Chip kind of were both hammering her for cheating and and using the card this way. And she's that's what the cards the card says I can do. Right. Yeah. So Sarah had a rare breakdown in this game. I don't even think we can call it a breakdown. For any of us, it wouldn't even be noticed. <laughs> but for her, she got upset about this and basically, I don't want to say checked out, but lost interest in the game because it became sort of personal at that point and yeah. not, they weren't letting her use the card. Yeah. They were basically not letting her have fun. Right. Right. And there were other issues in this game too because they were constantly challenging her on rules and it was, Anybody else would have lost it by mm-hmm. by this point, but uh, I think she handled it well. She was also sick too during this <laughs> yeah. game. Another so one. anyway, meanwhile, while this was going on, I had a fistful of cards. I must have had thirty cards in my hand because I had a broken combination, which is something that can happen in Cosmic Encounter. And nobody was paying attention to what I was doing because they were so obsessed with this cheat card, <laughs> and it was it was kind of a cluster, yeah. but. Anyway, that was the Cosmic Encounter game. Okay, so what what would you say are the quirks that cause that? So if I were to if evaluating this from the outside, I think one of them would be Well, James like had a, he struggled with letting go. In other words, he couldn't accept that this card allowed cheating. Yeah. And it something didn't sit right with that. It seemed like too much of an advantage. You think that's a, like a maybe that's because James I think James is more into the more strategic games. So maybe it just didn't mesh with his. So yeah, something that clearly lets you go against the rules that are yeah. set forth. Right. It's and like it, taking the rules too seriously for a game maybe that shouldn't be taken so seriously. Right. And I don't know that he would play this game again just in general because of yeah. the game mechanic. Maybe he didn't like it, but I don't want to speak for him. But I think that that is part of it, yeah. That it wasn't very strategic. Well, I'm with him on not playing it again, so. <laughs> you don't like... Uh, no, I'm not a fan of that oh, at wow. all. That's the whole dual win. That doesn't happen very often, though. Pretty much has to happen almost in order for you to win, especially if you're playing with a larger group. I don't think there's any way to do it unless you do dual wins. Well, we we should not be playing games with eight people of Cosmic Encounter, and that's what we've been doing a lot. Yeah, And I actually have that as one of my things, although I, I think we need to wrap it up. But like an overall quirk in our group is I think most of the group likes to play large games together. Yeah, we we definitely like to play at least the first game of the night together as a group so that we can all kind of be in the same game. And then yeah. we're okay with breaking off into smaller yeah, groups. Yeah, and for me, I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm totally different. I don't need to play in a big in a big group game together. Because we're doing enough socializing, like, during the night anyways, beforehand, afterwards, and, you know, sometimes in between. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I like playing in group games, but there's sometimes where... It's detrimental to the actual game when we do it. We're sacrificing fun. Yeah, and Scythe is a good example. We played a seven-player Scythe game, so we can say yeah. we've done it. Hopefully, we'll never want to do it again. By the way, we should officially recommend to the listeners not to do that. Yeah, no. I agree. It, the game does allow seven. Yeah, doesn't mean you should do it. Yeah, no. You can pick your five hexes. That's all the farther you'll ever go. <laughs> yeah, I think five is the max I would ever play with yeah, again. Agreed, yeah. And I'd rather do three or four. Right. I agree. Um, but you know, some groups, there's people that just want to do kind of big games and the cosmic encounter is another one. Yeah. It supports eight people, but I don't think you should play with that many. It, it turns into munchkin when you do that. Yeah. That's, and that's why you have to do the dual win and it almost be better to be teamed if you were doing eight players and have four teams of two. So I think the solution there is, uh, like what Tim said, maybe pick a game that's made for a big group, play it first, but then sp- knowing that you're going to split off into two games or vice versa start with with multiple games and then end with a yeah that's harder to do though because the timing of the ending of the games here you can play the big game yeah that's everyone's done and you go split and you start playing if you're trying to time at the end good point this person ends and then you gotta wait 20 minutes for this one to end and yeah it's so it's better to do it first yep good call tim well i think that wraps up episode 34 of out of game that's a wrap so where uh, where can they find our awesome amazing website Outofgamepodcast.com. You can also find us at BGG Guild 1990. You can get to there from our website by clicking on the Board Game Geek Guy. Uh, while you're on our page, look for the link to join our Slack group. We have had some conversation going on there, but you know, I think we need more people in there to chat it up. And uh, you know, you can get 
direct chats with us or with the other listeners. Or, it's a good place to interact. Or tweet us. Yeah. At, you could tweet us. What's our Twitter? At OOG Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and Stitcher at OOG Podcast. You can email us at outofgamepodcast at gmail.com. Probably the number one way that we get communication. Uh, maybe the guild. But if you want to ask listener questions, for example, send us an email. You can leave us a voicemail. We haven't had a voicemail in months. So kind of spawned if you're out there listening. I think I might just rename this to the Profit Hotline. <laughs> <laughs> you can call 40 OOG OOG 80 for great games at amazing prices. Shop at CoolStuffInc.com. And for more great podcasts of the Dice Tower Network, go to DicetowerNetwork.com. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Hello, mate. <laughs> Hello, we all the Beatles. Wow. Testing, testing. <laughs> Hello, Governor. <laughs> Problem, Governor. All right. Whoa. Wow. Shit, I, I got, shouldn't whoa, yell. Yeah, no yelling. Right, no exactly. Yell. I get loud. I'm. Oh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing isn't even in the blooper room. <laughs> all right. So, in our game group. They can't no. see that. <laughs> Ryan has a chive in his tooth. crazy. <laughs> has it been there all night? The chive is... I don't been... know. I just noticed it. Right, I think I got it. Come on. The chive has been taken care of. Mm-hmm. I repeat, the chive has been taken care of. Oh, wait, wait. Doing a little teeth rinse. Oh, Timosita Dorito. Because <laughs> the blooper reel isn't full enough. Yep. Is it gone? You're good. Clean. All right. This mouth is clean. All right. What were we talking about? That's on the rules explainer. What is that noise? That's the fan blowing the blinds. Oh. But that's that's good that you noticed and interrupted the podcast for that. Yeah, that's Maybe very, we should turn off the fan. Very, very astute. You can't hear that. I, I, yeah, you can. No, I mean, in the recording. I think you can. That's why I'm interrupting. It sounds more like the electricity that. almost. No, it's not. I, yeah, I, I can like, hear it. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We're recording in a new location tonight. Yeah, we have this new, beautiful studio. <laughs> Chris just opened the blinds and one of them fell off. <laughs> well, it was a new, beautiful studio. It's yeah. already falling apart. Ta-da! Thank you. Vertical blind crisis has been averted. All right. (laughs) Um, The rules.